Have a great time this morning. And uh, anybody did not receive a copy of the outline? Raise your hand. Anybody did not? And uh, here, Brother Dave, I'll give you mine. Anybody else did not get one? Looks like, looks like everybody, you can have mine. There you go. All right. Well, this morning we're in 2 Samuel chapter number 13. And the lesson today is as we're, here we are on our open house Sunday and uh, just going through really the life of David. This is a series on engaging in the spiritual battle in our lives. And so um, I don't need one. Just hang on to it in case somebody comes in. Thank you, sir. So we're, we're talking about truth and dare. And today I want to talk to you about this matter of daring to raise your children for God. And now some of us in here this morning, when, when there's a topic, and it, this is a Bible topic, but when there is something like this in the Word of God, many times we start to think, well, I don't have children at home, or I don't have children, or I don't have a family. Can I tell you that everything that is taught on, if you, if you are really looking, there is, there is truth and application for everyone. So what you have to do is listen this morning, because here's one thing is, God might help you through this passage we're going to look at today, through this lesson, to maybe help someone or help to understand what's going on with somebody that might have children or how to deal with something. So keep your heart open, learn from the Word of God. This is why we have Sunday school, right? School should be an institution of learning. And so today we're going to look at this passage. Now, raising children the right way is something that really doesn't come natural. The truth is, is that it doesn't even come by accident. But I love what John wrote in, in 3 John. He said, I have no greater joy that, than to hear that my children walk in what? That they walk in truth, that, that they're walking according to the ways of God. And that, that's a wonderful thing when you see children. That's, by the way, that's why we have children's ministries here at our church. Because we want our children, even here at church, to, to learn the word of God, to walk in truth. And John says, listen, that's the greatest joy of my life. It's one of the greatest responsibilities of parents is to train their children uh, to walk with the Lord. And, and look, we understand that that's the parent's responsibility. It's the children's responsibility to honor their parents, uh, to walk in the ways of God. David was a man, we've looked at his life over, the, over these past many, many weeks. And David was a man that we know has suffered uh, a lot of things in his life. But some of his suffering was because of the paths or the route, the, the life that some of his sons chose to live. Today we're going to talk about two of those sons, one, sons, one by the name of Amnon, and the other one is Absalom. These were two of David's sons, and David had many children. And David was suffering, and sometimes even as parents, we, we have to deal with things because of, of things that our children do, mistakes that they make. And, and this was something that was hard for David, and here's why. Listen to me, parents, because he realized that although it was his sons making these decisions, he, as daddy, was partly responsible. I didn't say he was fully responsible because I can't control the actions of my grown children any more than you can. But we can help to set the course or the direction. The Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. See, that's a promise that we have from God, and, and it's a wonderful thing when children do choose to walk for the Lord. Time for training children, okay? It's, it's, a, it's a parental responsibility. 
But listen, like we had dinner with the Northcuts last night, and they have two little children, you know. And, and I'm going to tell you something, Brother Matt, you'll blink your eyes and they'll be teenagers. You'll blink your eyes again, they'll be married. It, time is brief. God only gives us a short season to raise our children, and we need to use that time wisely. Okay, the Bible tells us to redeem the time that we have because the days are evil. Now, when you, when you think about this passage, and we'll go through it quickly here this morning because it's a little lengthier portion of scripture, but I want you to look at this passage in chapter 13 of 2 Samuel and follow along with me in verse number one. It says, it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister whose name was Tamar, and Amnon, the son of David, loved her. And Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin, and Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shemiah, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very subtle man. And he said unto him, Why art thou, being the king's son, lean from day to day? Wilt thou not tell me? And Amnon said unto him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. And Jonadab said unto him, Lay, lay thee down on thy bed, and make thyself sick. And when thy father cometh to see thee, say unto him, I pray thee, let my sister Tamar come and give me meat and dress the meat in my sight that I may see it and eat at her hand. So Amnon lay down and made himself sick. And when the king was come to see him, Amnon said unto the king, I pray thee, let Tamar, my sister, come and make, make me a couple of cakes in my sight that I may eat at her hand. Then David sent home to Tamar. Notice David's involvement here, although he didn't really understand it. He didn't know what the intent was, but he says, go now to thy brother Amnon's house and dress him meat. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house and he was laid down and she took flour and kneaded it and made cakes in his sight and, and did bake the cakes. And she took a pan and poured them out before, before him, but he refused to eat. And Amnon said, have out all the men from me. And they went out every man from him. And Amnon said unto Tamar, bring the meat into the chamber. And the Bible, again, how he is leading her. Look at verse 11. When she had brought them unto him to eat, he took hold of her and said unto her, come lie with me, my sister. And she answered him, nay, my brother, do not force me. For no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not thou this folly. And I, whither shall I cause my shame to go? And as for thee, thou shalt be as one of the fools in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray thee, speak unto the king, for he will not withhold me from thee. Howbeit he would not hearken unto her voice, but being stronger than she forced her and lay with her. By the way, is this kind of ringing in your ears a little bit like his daddy? See, a lot of times our children learn things some things are better caught than taught. And oftentimes children are watching, and many times parents, what we try to do is we try to instruct our children, but there are things that we want them to do that we ourselves would not do. We're kind of like those Pharisees, where the Pharisees were trying to impose heavy things on the children of Israel that they themselves wouldn't even lift a finger to do. And so we see this thing happening and unfolding here how the Bible says in verse number 17 of this passage, then he called his, his servant that ministered unto him and said, put now this woman, this is after his wicked act with, with Tamar, 
Now he says, put this woman out from me and bolt the door after her. And she had a garment of divers colors upon her, for with such robes were the king's daughters that were virgins apparelled. Then his servants, a servant brought her out and bolted the door after her, and Tamar put ashes on her head and rent her garment of divers colors that was on her head and laid her hand on her head and went on crying. What a sad situation that the Bible records here, how, how that we see this, this act taking place, but what we also see is that David, as the father, as the parent, took very little action. He actually helped Amnon get access to Tamar. Now, again, he didn't really understand what his full intent was, but then David reacts. He reacts very angrily when he finds out what Amnon did. I mean, David, amazingly, as upset as he was, the Bible doesn't show us. In other words, David never took decisive action to deal with Amnon or even to protect or to comfort Tamar. It's an amazing thing uh, how David's permissive negligence is really what it was. It shows us a couple things that I want to share with you this morning from this passage, how that David, uh, unlike, you know, in our lives, what we need to do when we're raising our children is this. We need to be proactive while we're raising our children. And I want you to see a couple aspects here about things that we can do, either if it's our children or maybe to help someone understand this aspect. So notice, first of all, <clears throat> when it comes to raising children for God, we have to make some resolutions. Make some resolutions. Now, what is a resolution? It's a determined course of action. We have to decide some things. I've done marriage counseling with, with couples, and I, I spent some time with a couple yesterday and many times I tell those, married, those couples that are going to get married, listen, you need to decide now how you're going to raise your children. Do you know what the problem with the world today is? Children are raising themselves. And last time I checked, when you leave a child to themselves, they're going to bring shame, they're going to bring destruction. Uh, children need to understand that, that they are not the authority, that, that parents are the one that God has given and I love when you think about making resolutions. The, the, the greatest example that I see in the Old Testament was Joshua. And Joshua says before the children of Israel, he says, If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day who you will serve, whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, he says, we're going to serve the Lord. Look, if you leave it up to your children, do you think your children will get up on Sunday and say, hey, let's go to church? No, parents just need to get up on Sunday and say, it's Sunday, we're going to church. Children don't understand that. Look, my children never had, it, we, it was never a discussion at my house. If there was any kind of discussion, it was what they were going to eat for breakfast on Sunday. You know, I mean, we never talked about, are we going to go to church? I'm amazed at how many parents so many adults that have children that don't come to the house of God because Johnny doesn't want to go to church. Johnny needs to be in church. Uh, we need to make some resolutions. And by making firm decisions, here's what's going to happen is parents will, they will avert evil and, and, and harm that will come to their children. This is the purpose of training so that, listen, while we train them, because the time will come, 
when the times present themselves that children will know the right thing to do and they will do the right thing instinctively. See, they've been taught that. They know what they should do. So notice the first resolution is we have to set the right priorities. This is something that David struggled with in his life as a father, setting the right priorities. Listen, David certainly was like many of us. He was busy. And can I tell you, being busy doesn't always mean that you're busy with bad things. David certainly was busy with things like, how about this, being the king. <laughs> I mean, it, you think about all the duties that David had. And David was a busy man. David was busy. It was a day of, of battles. They were fighting battles. Remember, that's why he got into the situation with Bathsheba, because he didn't go forth to war. He stayed behind. See, David was a busy man. But can I tell you, listen, as busy as we are, if God's given us children... There is no career, no job worth losing your children to the devil. Did you hear what I said? There's no job. Listen, you can find another job. You can't find more children. God's given you the children that he's given to you. And understand, I've some parents will say to me, well, my children, they're older now. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. If you have not been fulfilling your God-given responsibilities while they were young, you can start now. Uh, you know, I've told parents, I've said, look, there's nothing wrong with a parent, I've done this, apologizing to their children for not being the parent that God wanted them to be to them. Do you know you will gain respect with your children if you actually apologize to them and say, but from this point on, our house is going to be a house that God honors. Our family is going to live for God. See, we can't change the past, folks, but what we can do is we can affect the future. We can do something about the way things are now in our lives. Well, that all comes from setting the right priorities. Listen, parents' priorities, whether they're good or bad, your priorities will become your children's priorities. Did you hear what I said? Your priorities, whether they're good or bad, you know? Uh, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or answer, but do you pray before your meals? I guarantee you, if you don't pray before your meals, your children don't, and your children won't. But the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. David's priorities, they were like so many today, they were all jumbled up when it came to his children. And David's children, you know what they did? They followed his example. They did exactly like their daddy. So the first priority is that we have to set the right priorities. But secondly, notice the second resolution is to set the right example. Because ultimately, our children will do as we do. See, whatever we do, where we go, the, the things that we do in our lives, our children are catching things from our behavior. Listen, things that we never taught them through our words. I think I said this last week or week before, but I like the, I like the quote, your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. See, they're watching you. And I'm sure that David, listen, there's no doubt, David probably taught Amnon, his son, just like he taught Absalom, just like he taught 
others of his sons. There's no doubt David taught them things as a father. But see, unfortunately, the affair that David had with Bathsheba, it taught Amnon all the wrong things. See, he watched his dad. He watched how his dad tried to cover up that sin. He watched how his dad wanted another man's wife. He watched all these things. So when it came to this situation with Tamar, it was no big deal. See, David was a bad example, and his son followed his father's bad example. Listen to what Paul says. And I listen, I understand it was Paul writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, but here's a great verse for all of us, fathers and mothers. Look at the verse. Paul says, be ye followers of me, even as I am also of Christ. Do you get what he's saying? He says, as I'm following the Lord, watch my example. Don't look, don't mimic me, don't follow me, follow me as I'm following Christ. See, in other words, Paul says, get in line, we're Christians. We need to be like the Lord Jesus, is what Paul is saying there. Children need to see that their parents are following Christ. See, and Amnon wasn't seeing that in David at this time. And because of that, David had the wrong priorities, and he was setting the wrong example. And we've got, look, if we're going to raise our children for the Lord, then we've got to understand we've got to make some resolutions. But notice, secondly, we need to provide restraint. Now, this is an area that children don't like. Because you know what that means? You have some control in their lives. Now, again, they don't know what is good for them or what is best in their lives. And Jeremiah puts it this way, the heart is deceitful above all things. It's desperately wicked who can know it. Parents need to set the right boundaries for their children. And I know a lot of times children don't like that. They don't like it when we set boundaries. Listen, I'm glad that my, my dad taught me when I was a kid, son, don't go play in the street. Now, that was a hard for one for me because how many of you are like me? You grew up in the day where you played in the streets, right? I mean, I remember playing in the streets all the time. We didn't have a ball diamond. That was our ball diamond. That was the street. You know, we, we went out in the street all the time. And my dad had to teach me, son, look, those cars going up down the street. See, back in, back in the day, you remember those old cars that weighed like 500,000 pounds? I mean, they weren't plastic like nowadays. I, mean, I, I still remember slamming my finger one of those car doors. They were so heavy, those cars were. And, and listen, we, we've got to set some boundaries, and these boundaries, they're not bad. Boundaries are not bad things. They're, they're actually there for safety. We love them, so we establish some boundaries. Well, why do we do that? Well, notice uh, the first reason we do it is to restrain their sinful nature. See, Amnon was just like all of us. He was a sinner. He lacked guardrails in his life. I mean, listen, my wife, she's, she's fine as, if we go out, you know, maybe driving around, maybe taking an adventure, driving some places that we've been before. But if we start to go up on some of these, uh, some of these roads that are like cliffs and there's no guardrails, my wife's like, turn around. She does not want, I mean, she's in the car and we're like, we're like, many feet from the edge and she's like turn around I don't want to be up here she doesn't like being on a road with no guardrails well listen when you when it's a life especially a child and they have no guardrails in their lives then understand that many times they could go right off the cliff 
And this is where Amnon was. He, he, there was no protection from sin in his life. Listen, parents need to think ahead. You need to think about uh, trying to help them because children are sinners. Transgressions can often be prevented by proper precautions, by setting some guardrails. David didn't set up the proper guardrails in Amnon's life, and because of that, Amnon chose a path that led him to destruction. All because of a dad that wouldn't do that. Again, I know that children don't like it, but listen, when I think about the things that God's, that my parents set up in my life, and my parents weren't even Christians, I was glad for those things that they established in my life. Because I know this, that just like Amnon, listen, I, I'm a sinner. And, and when I look at the Bible, look at this verse here, it amazes me. David had another son, his name was Adonijah. And look at this verse in 1 Kings chapter 1 and verse 6. The Bible says, and his father, that's David, notice, had not displeased him at any time in saying, why hast thou done so? Can I put that into today's language? My father displeased me, and this is how he did. Anybody understand what a whooping is? You know what David did for Adonijah? He spoiled him. He gave him everything. Listen, we've got to understand the sinful nature. David spoiled him. Instead of training Adonijah, instead of disciplining... Now, look, discipline is in the nurture and admonition. See, that doesn't mean you're always spanking your child. A A lot of Christian parents... They're like, well, I might hurt him. Well, maybe he needs to be hurt, you know? But listen, it's, it's the loving admonition of the Lord. In other words, you, you are trying to correct them, and sometimes, that you know, who, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. See, God tells us that there has to be some discipline in our lives. You know, it's like the Christian school kid that's gone to Christian school from kindergarten to 12th grade, and he, he's like, man, 12th grade, he's about to graduate. He's like, I'm so sick of the rules. I got rules at home, my mom and dad. I got rules at school. I go to church and they tell me what to do. He, and then somebody says to him, well, what are you going to do when you get out of school? And he goes, I'm going to go in the military. <laughs> yeah, that'll help you. You know? See, discipline, David wasn't disciplining his son. Parents need to keep their children, here it is, from having their own way. Because that's what children want to do. They want to have things, they want a Burger King lifestyle. You know, I want to have it my way. And what do children do? Same thing that their mommy and daddy did, they make a mess out of their life. And listen, we, again, we cannot live their life for them But I hope you're getting it this morning as adults, as parents, as moms, as dads, maybe even grandparents this morning, that all of us, God has given us a responsibility to train them in the way that they should go. Again, we can't make them go that way, but we can point them in a direction. Listen, I hope you've had a time in your life that you have pointed somebody toward Jesus. Why? Because you wanted them to get saved, right? Some of you may be inviting somebody today for our open house. The whole reason you invited them for open house is because you want them to come hear the gospel so that they can have a home in heaven someday. Listen, I want my children to enjoy their life, their Christian life. 
So I instructed them. I trained them. David was failing miserably in this area with his son Adonijah. He was failing with Amnon. He was failing with Absalom in this area. Listen, he was a great king. He was a man after God's own heart. He was the sweet psalmist of Israel. But do you understand? It sounds to me like David was probably more focused on all those things in life instead of probably the one thing he should have been more focused on was his sons. He should have been investing more time. I read of another individual in the Bible, Eli. Boy, what a sad scenario there is in the Bible. Eli had a couple sons, and it's amazing. Listen, the Bible says God brought judgment on Eli because of his sons. Look what it says here in 1 Samuel 3.13. For I have told him that I will judge his house, look at the words, forever for the iniquity which he knoweth because his sons made themselves vile and he, the daddy, Eli, restrained them not. Wow. Slap you right in the face. Because a father knew about it and did absolutely nothing. God says, you know what? He says, I'm going to judge your, I'm going to bring my judgment on your whole house forever. That's pretty stiff. People don't like to think about that. I want God's blessing on my home. I want God's blessing on my family. I want to try to raise my children. Listen, a, a child's sinful nature, it must be restrained by the parents, but how do you do that? through proper safeguards and loving correction. Did you hear what I said? Loving correction, all right? So make sure that we do things God's way. Listen, it's never God's intent that you beat your child. You lovingly correct them. So notice that we see that we need to provide some restraints in their lives because of their sinful nature, but also notice we need to restrain them because of outside influences. Now, when you go back to this passage that we read, I want you to look at verse number three, in our passage, look at the first five words. But Amnon had a what? He had a friend. Outside influences. I told somebody the other day, think about this, especially if you still have children. Your children spend more time at school with their friends than they do with you as a mommy and daddy. So let me ask you this. Who do you think is influencing your kids the most? They're friends. It sounds kind of ridiculous. We were privileged over the years to either have our children in a Christian school. And by the way, Christian schools are great, but they're not, a, they're not completely 100% safe either. There's some little devils in Christian schools too. We had our kids in Christian school. There was a couple years when my wife homeschooled our children. And do you know that we had to tell our, now listen, I'm, I'm just going to say this as, as a little disclaimer, our children are nowhere near perfect. Our children are sinners because they take after their daddy. So our kids were not perfect, but listen, God gave me the responsibility to raise my children, not my children's friends. So when my children started to choose friends, in a Christian school, there were times where my wife and I had to say to them, you can't be friends with so-and-so anymore. And my kids were like, what? Why not? 
we actually had to restrain them from outside influences in their lives. You know, my, my granddaughter the other day, I forgot what it was, but she said something and my wife told me what she said and my wife told my daughter what she said and, and, my, and my, they both said she heard that from somewhere. And that's the truth. You pick up things. You know, nearness is likeness. Whoever you're hanging around with, they're going to influence you. And I hope this is ringing in your ears because, listen, that's the problem with Amnon. Amnon, he says, look, I, I, boy, I had this thing for Tamar, but I just, I can't really do that. She's my, she's, she's Absalom's sister. I, it's just, it wouldn't be right. That's what the, the, the Bible's saying. And look here, he had got to that place where he's like, I'm not going but, to, but he had a friend. See, Jonadab says, well, look here, it's pretty easy. Just act like you're sick and, and ask your daddy if maybe he'll have Tamar come and, and maybe make some food for you and, and be there like you're sick. And then, and then when she comes, take a hold of her. And listen, I don't know. Maybe Amnon would have never thought of that. Maybe he would have. But because he had a friend that was egging him on. You think about how many young people, and by the way, maybe many of us, that had friends that drank or smoked. And we never did. And they said, oh, come on. It's not going to hurt you. Just one drink. Just one cigarette. Just one whatever it is. One pill, whatever it is. That's how many people get started because of a Jonadab. An outside influence. It's sad here where the Bible says, but Amnon had a friend. Amnon, again, he was encouraged by Jonadab, the influence the peer pressure that was there on him. It happens to so many. Somebody says, tell me who your friends are and I will tell you who you are. Boy, that's a true statement right there. Look at the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. See, a lot of times we think to ourselves, and I think it's a, it's a noble thing that, listen, we want to try to help people that maybe aren't living for God, but do you know that in most cases, instead of helping people up, they pull you down? That's why the Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. See, people think, well, if I come out from among them, then how can I help them? How can I win them? You're missing the whole point. See, God wants us to be distinctly different. Instead of, instead of blending in with the crowd and allowing the pressure to get to us, look at Proverbs 13, 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. But a fool, look, a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Parents need to help their children choose friends that will, that will point them towards God, that will help them to live for God instead of living against God. So listen, as parents... If we're going to raise our children for the Lord, we've got to make some resolutions. We've got to determine a course of action for their lives. And then we have to set some restraints in their lives because of their sinful nature, because of outside influences. But then look at the third thing is we need to teach our children reliance. Teach them reliance. This is, this is them understanding a life of faith, having confidence and trust in the right places. Again, I've said this first, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. When Amnon needed help, 
Isn't it interesting that instead of asking his daddy, he asked a friend who pointed him in the wrong direction. He took the counsel of a foolish friend, whether we admit it or not. Look, the, the reality is this. We're all dependent on someone. We all depend on someone. And in, in his life, he was the same way. It's obvious we can't rely on ourselves. Why? Because the Bible says that there's nothing good about us. Paul wrote this. He says, I know that in me dwelleth no good thing. There's nothing good about us. And parents should teach their children who it is they are to rely upon. So notice that we can rely on the person of God. The Bible says in Psalm 78, that generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. God wants us to get to know him and God wants us to teach our children not only to know him, but to rely on him. And this is what we have to teach him. If you look in the book of Judges, there's a, there's a statement in one of the chapters that really always kind of hits me, and the Bible says this, that there arose an entire generation that did not know God. I think that's kind of the generation we're raising today. Children that don't know anything about God. You know why? Because God's been removed from the schools. And in many cases, God's been removed from the homes. God's been removed from government. It's amazing how God has been removed, and we wonder why we're in the shape we're in. See, we need to get back to teaching our children about the person of God. Those in the book of Judges failed to teach their children about the person of God. Look at, look at our instruction from Deuteronomy 6. These words which I command thee. It's not, God doesn't say, look, I'm making a suggestion here, so if, if you feel like doing this, no, no, no. He tells us we need to make sure this is what we're doing. He says, thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up, thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and thou shalt, they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. I mean, what's he talking about? He's talking about the Bible. He's talking about the Word of God. The more that our children get into God's Word, guess who they're going to find more about God, the person of God. We need to instruct our children. When we read the Bible to our children, what are we doing? We're helping them understand that they can rely on the same God that their mommy and daddy have been relying on for all these many years. Listen, it's okay for children to live on the coattails of mom and dad's faith while they're children. But eventually, they're going to have to learn to trust God on their own. They're going to have to learn to rely on God on their own. And we've got to, to rely, teach them to rely on the person of God. And then notice, secondly, to rely on the Word of God. Listen, I think of the, the importance and the value of the Word of God. T listen, uh, you think about Timothy writing, uh, Paul writing to Timothy and how Timothy had a mother and a grandmother that taught him the Word of God when he was a child. And Paul says, from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make thee wise, and notice, unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. See, teaching Scripture to our children is of the utmost importance. Now, I will tell you this, it requires effort. It's going to take some time. 
You know, turn the TV off. Find the time. Make the time to teach them God's Word. It needs to be a constant topic in your home. The Bible is our foundation in all matters. Look, teach your children that we rely on the Word of God. This is how we live our lives. Nothing wrong with a, with a father teaching his son. Listen, son, I want to show you from the Bible things that God has taught me on how I should be a man of God, how I should treat your mother, how I should raise my children. Show your children those kind of things from the Word of God, that you can rely on the Word of God. A wise man will build his house upon a rock. And the rock is the word of God. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's word, we need to rely on it and teach our children. If parents desire for their children to walk in truth, then guess what you need to be doing? Walking in truth. Remember, children do what we do. Children will go the direction that we go. Don't just tell them to rely on the word of God. Teach them. Well, how do you do that? By walking according to the Word of God. We need to walk according to the Word of God. Parents have a responsibility, and our responsibilities are we've got to set up standards that uh, uh, we expect our children to live by, and then we need to implement those proper restraints in their lives because they're children. They don't understand some things, and then teach them that God's Word is always reliable. You can trust the word of God. Look at Proverbs 29, 15. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. It is our responsibility to train children, to teach them, to raise them for the Lord. And so what do we have to do? Listen, unlike maybe what David was doing at this time in his life, we have to be actively involved in our children's life, proactive. We need to be diligent. We need to be praying for our children as we're training them for the Lord. Look at Proverbs 29, 17. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. I don't look, I, I don't want to have a situation like Eli did, where God's judgment came upon his house. I want to have a home that God's blessing. Well, how do we do that? We've got to have some resolutions. We've got to set some restraints. And in in their lives, we've got to help them to understand there are some things that we can rely upon. And as we teach them, you can rely on God because God will never let you down. And you can fully trust the Word of God. How many of you think this is some good advice this morning from the Word of God? Listen, let's heed it in whatever area the application is for you today, whether you have children still at home, Some of you may have grown children like I do. You can still help your children. Why? Because you might be able to help them because they either have or will have children of their own. And we need to try to maybe set some things right while there's still hope, while there's still time. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning, for this great day that you've given to us. I pray that you'd bless the word of God, seal it to our hearts. Help us, Lord, as parents, as adults. Lord, this is a day, it's a wicked day, it's very dark, sinful, but we can raise children for you even in this day we live in. And Lord, I I pray that you'd help us to not neglect our responsibility, but to honor you because we know that children are an heritage of the Lord. I bless the service to come. In Christ's name we pray, amen.